He said, David, you need to take this perspective. I'd rather people hate me for who I am than love me for who I'm not. And I was such a pleaser and I got nowhere because I was so concerned about what everybody else wanted. And here's the irony. Now that I vote for what I want, having good intentions with what I want in order to be of service and value to others, more people love me. Right? Nobody, nobody wants to love somebody that wants their love. They all want the guy you know, that doesn't want their love, is doing his thing, then everybody wants to love you. Welcome to the next episode of What's Next with Eric Wood. Our next guest is David Meltzer. David is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. His life mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. This simple yet powerful mission has led him on an incredible journey to provide one thing, value. In all his content and communication, that's exactly what you'll receive. As part of that mission, for the past 20 years, he's been providing free weekly training to empower others to empower others to be happy. I can't wait for all the listeners who have never heard David before to hear him today. He's a phenomenal person that all people will learn a ton from in this podcast. A recent review came in from DM13MC83. They write, as a Dolphins fan, I just heard Eric on the Joe Rose Show and hopped on to hear his interview with Fitz. Gotta say, this Eric Wood is a talent. Love his stories, guests, and perspective. He's a great listen and a staple of mine now. You gotta get dialed into his podcast. I truly appreciate those words. I still feel like I'm new and pretty raw in all of this broadcasting, podcasting world. But to say that I'm a talent uh, truly means a lot to me, and I appreciate the review. As always, if you enjoy this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, please email whatsnexteric at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at ewood70. Enjoy. This episode has been brought to you by Jordan Yoakum at Tom James Company. Jordan is my clothing guy, and I get everything from him, from custom suits and dress clothes to casual wear. Let Jordan do the shopping for you to save you precious time that could be focused on your family, career, or hobbies. Jordan can work virtually with anyone in the world, and if he cannot personally get your measurements himself, he will have someone come get them for him. If you have put on the quarantine 15 like many have and your clothes aren't fitting properly anymore, he can also make adjustments to the clothing you already have. There's a certain confidence that comes with having clothes that fit perfect and let Jordan give you that confidence. You can contact him by email at jordan.yokum at tomjames.com or visit his website louisvillecustomclothing.com. Contact info will be in the show notes. Hey David, welcome to the show. Eric, man, what a pleasure to be here. So excited to help share some lessons and stories, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's been so fun connecting with you these last few months uh, during this COVID pandemic. One of the bright spots for me, getting to appear on your show twice through your Instagram live feed. That's what, that was a ton of fun for me. Extremely rewarding. So first off, I want to thank you for that opportunity. Yeah, you know, it's my favorite part of this too, because I used to be an in-person only guy. So everything getting camera crews everywhere, flying everywhere, taking everybody to eat, housing them in hotels. And it actually limited the amount of content and people that I could meet and lessons that I could teach. So having you on and building friendships and bonds, even though it's virtual, I think 
I can't wait till we get to see each other. There's gonna be all these people, you know, that whole like, oh my God, that's how I'm gonna feel with literally thousands of people. Like, oh man, th- you're really big or <laughs> right. <laughs> you're <much lovelier> in person. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. And, and you're right. And uh, we could start there and then we'll get more on your journey. But it's amazing what people have had to do to pivot during this time. And you're a perfect example of that, going almost exclusively virtually to try and pour into people and make an impact through this crazy time. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, my main mission in life is to empower over a billion people to be happy. I believe in making a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. I even will get into my journey, but shifted the paradigm from giving to receive to instead receiving so I can give. And through this pandemic, the major pivot, you know, I have a whole business with Warren Moon, a sports marketing company that surrounds itself with the biggest events in sports, you know, all of the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, Masters, everything that's canceled, basically. And so to really be able to focus on my personal brand, empowering over a billion people, I went from doing community trainings every Friday for 20 years, giving free free lunches to everyone. Now, I think we're over 15,000 registrations for the last training on Friday. They're always on Fridays at 11. This week's on uh, dealing with negativity, but every Friday, that's really what my main pitch has been. And all these great opportunities have come from it and all these great people. Yeah, it's amazing. When you, when you pour into others like that, then you get to meet so many different people and it's amazing the connections that you make. And I, I love your mission of empowering over a billion people. And when you spell it out through podcasts I've listened to you talk about, it seems a lot less daunting than trying to get to a billion Instagram followers or Twitter followers. It's simply impacting someone who tells a couple people, who, who they tell a couple people, and sure enough, your web becomes so big that you accomplished your goal. But let's teach the listeners a, a lot more about you and your uh, journey in your career. Yeah, sure. You know, I started off uh, with a dream to be you. I wanted to be a professional football player. I had a single mom, six kids. Only way I could really stand out in my family, and I, I say this with all seriousness, I could graduate from Harvard summa cum laude in my family and be one of many, right? Like get the, oh, good, kind of get the back pop. Oh, good, you know, kind of probably like being in the Gronkowski family, you know? Yeah, yeah, good job. You're a professional baseball player. Hey, congratulations. Uh, That's the way academics were in my family. The only way I could stand out was I'd be the first athlete ever to play a college sport, let alone play football in college. So for me, I want to set the perspective because I had two real goals in mind as a young kid. One, I wanted to play professional football. And two, I wanted to be rich. And the only reason I wanted to be rich was I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. And the reason is I was born with a happy gene. And I was happy barely with any food, with all those brothers, two-bedroom apartment. I didn't care. But only time I wasn't happy is when I saw my mom crying. You know, mm. financial stress has really got to her. You know, working two jobs, packing our dinners in paper bags. Like she, it, she took it to heart. And so I had this dream that money was going to make me happy and, find, of course, make my mom happy. So I was very driven. And when my career uh, in aspiration ended, it, I, it ended when I graduated college playing football, but it really ended my freshman year because Christian Okoye ran me over. Uh, <laughs> and I remember lying on my back. And my mom's favorite saying was doctor, lawyer, or failure. And I was like, doctor, lawyer, failure, because I had his size 13 autograph his shoe on my chest where he ran me over. Wow. <laughs> so I, I went to law school and uh, 
at law school, I, I reversed engineered it, just like I did over a billion people, right? A thousand times a thousand is a million, a million times a thousand is a billion. All I'm looking for is a thousand people like Eric that will empower a thousand to empower a thousand. So for me, I reversed engineered going to law school, finding the highest paid job out of law school, which was oil and gas litigators. So I went to the law school that had the most of those, which was Tulane in New Orleans, because they had all the oil companies. And when I graduated, I had two job offers though. One to be an oil and gas litigator. The other was to sell legal research. Not really, uh, you had to be a lawyer, but you didn't have to pass the bar. You weren't practicing law. My mom literally told me that I had to be a real lawyer, that the internet was a fad, and that I was gonna completely fail. And that's the first time I learned a really valuable lesson. Just because somebody loves you or you know, is your best friend doesn't mean they're giving you good advice. Look for people that sit in the situation you wanna be in. Ask those people for advice. Vote for what you want in your life after assessing this situation and taking the advice. It will be elected in your life. Too many people I see, especially today, they're listening to what other people think. They're listening, they're, people laugh at you, scoff at you, make fun of you, especially so many people want to build your brand. This will align with you, Eric. You know, you're trying to build a community, a brand, followers, listeners, ambassadors. And what I've come to, my greatest realization is this, is that you got to put up enough content that it annoys everybody that likes you, loves you, or hates you already. If you're not putting, if you're not getting complaints from the people that like you, love you, and hate you already, then you're not putting up enough content. And because uh, that's how hard it is to get through the, the noise, right? It, it, you have to have a strong frequency, know your spectrum, have a clear message. You ain't getting there if you just put up a little bit of content and you worry about what other people think. So that was a really valuable lesson that I'm 52 years old that I'm still applying today from when I learned it at 22 years old. So 30 years later. After that, uh, our company, and nine months later, I was a millionaire, uh, really learning about efficiency, effectiveness, and statistical success that I did. Took what I learned, you know, because I don't have a lot of talent in football, but I took what I learned to be my best of me, and I applied it to something I actually was good at. I always say that if I was as good at playing football as I am at sales, you know, you'd see me with Warren Moon, my bust would be right there, It'd be Meltzer and Moon, right where the M's are, but I'm not that good. But I am that good at business. And in nine months out of law school, I was a millionaire. I parlayed that. Our company sold in 1995. Uh, West Publishing sold to Thomson Reuters for $3.4 with a B. I went to the Silicon Valley after that, raised hundreds of millions of dollars in the wireless proxy service space, and then became CEO of the world's first smartphone company, PCE phone, Samsung's first manufactured smartphone. Uh, and that's when I really learn lessons about being an entrepreneur. I started investing in a ton of different stuff and I meet Lee Steinberg, the most notable sports agency uh, CEO and I mean owner and I became CEO of that agency. Meeting Warren Moon, we then spun off Sports One Marketing, which is a marketing and media company. The last three and a half years, like I said, I've been building my brand, writing books, speaking, top executive coach. I have my own podcast called The Playbook. I have a TV show called Elevator Pitch. A new one coming out called Two Minute Drill, uh, which is a, l a lot easier and simpler in two minutes than in one. Uh, and, you know, a variety of other things. I do trainings every Friday. So with that same mission in mind, though, building my brand to empower other people, to empower other people to be happy. Boom. There you go. Listeners, now you know why for the next 30 odd minutes, you need to be tuned in because 
David can give advice and tell stories in so many different areas. And that's why it's been so fascinating for me to follow him, get to know him, speak with him, appear on his podcast. That's why it's such an honor because I feel like any time I spend with him, listen to him in my car is time well spent. Um, I, I have a few points on what you said. It's, a, it's amazing about your family because, you know, I come from such a loving and supportive family, but you're right. Sometimes the best advice you can get can be from others you surround yourself with. I have a personal advisory board um, and there's no family members on that. And that's not no offense to them. Um, I absolutely adore my family, but these are surrounded with guys that are where I want to get to and where do you see landmines I might step on? Where have you stumbled that I can avoid that? Where can you help me? Uh, who can I, you, who can you introduce me to help me weigh these decisions I have looming? And, and so that's a, that's a great point and, and further drives that home for me. And I also, your point about content is something that as a locker room guy, a guy who, likes to please others. You know, that's kind of my dynamic. I'm a people pleaser, always positive, but I hate it when I'm posting too much and I can tell people are riding me about it. And so I shy off of it. And for me, it's, it's less about me and it's more about, okay, I've been given these gifts. I don't know why I'm at this position in my life. My career ended before I was ready for it to, before my contract said it should be done. Um, it wasn't because of my on-field play. My best season in the NFL was my last one at year nine. But I don't know why I'm in this spot, but if I can introduce people like David Meltzer to the people that follow my brand, that follow my podcast, that follow my Instagram, my Twitter, then that's time well spent for me, and people will be positively impacted by it. And so um, I appreciate yeah, I got, you sharing I got one your more story. Pizza. I got one more piece of advice for you because I'm a pleaser like you. And one of my friends told me when I went through my quantum shift, right, this transformational in my 30s, changing my perspective of everything. He said, David, you need to take this perspective. It's a, uh, I'd rather people hate me for who I am than love me for who I'm not. And I was such a pleaser. And I got nowhere because I was so concerned about what everybody else wanted. And here's the irony. Now that I vote for what I want, having good intentions with what I want in order to be of service and value to others, more people love me, right? I, nobody, nobody wants to love somebody that wants their love. They all want the guy, you know, that doesn't want their love and is doing his thing. Then everybody wants to love you. Phenomenal advice. I appreciate that. Um, there are, you talked about working with a number of pro athletes, all the biggest events in sports. What advice do you give the professional athletes that you work with that are transitioning out of the game? And I'm sure this applies to many people in their career that transition to anything, whether that's pro sports or not. Yeah, especially now because of COVID. I am a capabilities focused person. So what I do is I go really deep with their skills that they have. And I don't let them get off with, you know, I can bench press 385 pounds. That's a skill, but I'm talking about what did it take skill-wise in order for you to bench 385 pounds. That's a different thing. And guess what? The skills that it takes in order for somebody to be able to bench 385 pounds is the same skills it takes to build a business, to build a team. It's the same stuff. So I'm looking and telling people today, let's look at our skills, also our knowledge. And there's two separate things of knowledge. One, your ability of what you've learned already. But what also can you access? Certain people have more access to certain knowledge, like knowledge of people, 
that's a huge asset when you have knowledge of different people, your one degree of separation from decision makers, influencers, whoever it may be. So I have people focusing on their skills, their knowledge, and then I also reinforce the desire, right? Eric, you have the common denominator, I call it. The common denominator of all successful people, happy people, is you must be what you can be. So the minute you stop playing, even though it was cut short at nine years, you immediately took that desire and put it towards whatever areas you were interested in using these great communicative skills that you learned in college throughout the pros and now able to do all of this content and other things that you're doing business-wise, right? All of this knowledge. So I have you take the capabilities, which is the aggregate of your skills, your knowledge, and your desire, then... Let's go ahead and see what opportunities are doing well today, what opportunities are stable today, and then what opportunities you think may have perspective nature to them for the future. For example, for me, esports is one of my perspective nature businesses. Gambling's another one that got crushed because of COVID. You know, there's no casinos, there's no hospitality, there was no sports, but you know, between you and I, we've been around sports a long time. If anyway, you don't know math statistics in business, if you think gambling's gone away forever, I think you've made a bit bad business decision. That's just my opinion. So I think that has high perspective value. Obviously, some things are doing really well today. Some have been stable. They really haven't changed. You know, I, I use in California, In-N-Out Burger, that place hasn't changed from January. It still has the same size line all day long. No doubt. So if your capabilities are aligned with In-N-Out Burger, I'd say let's go look there. And so I think whether you're an athlete, whether you're someone that's now challenged with a pivot uh, requirement because your life has changed, you've been furloughed, laid off, or maybe this quiet time has just allowed you to say, hey, I want to do something different with my life. I call it re-engineering and repurposing that allows us, my whole life is a pivot. And let me tell you why. I've never started out where I wanted to be but I'm really good at angling towards where I want to be. And because of my aptitude and attitude, intent and attention, I end up going to a different place than I want to be, but it always seems to be better. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And, and I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right on the gambling space. It is not going away. And <laughs> although the sporting events are starting to gear up now, I'll tell you what, my friends over at Twin Spires and Churchill Downs, with the horse racing, they've had some of their biggest purses and they don't even have fans in the stands because of all the online gambling. And, and it's just going to get more and more integrated in sports. And as more states open up, that'll be an absolutely huge market. Speaking staying on the topic of sports, you're, you're around the game of football a ton. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to speculate or bring out a crystal ball, but what do you think about this football season this year? You know, I'm supposed to work in college football and NFL football on the broadcast side. And I'm sitting here, trying to figure it all out myself. Yeah, well, college football is going to be more difficult because these kids have to go to school <laughs> and, they're, and they're younger, right? I have three teenage daughters and I keep trying to educate them on the significance of seeing other people and protecting themselves from other people because they don't understand the exponentiality of this very viral disease. Now, the basketball guys have shown a great example utilizing the bubble, right? And mm -hmm. I think in history, uh, Manfred's going to come out and I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, I think Manfred's in trouble. Uh, the NBA is going to be seen as the really smart one. I think baseball is going to end uh, because they haven't put the controls in place. What I think the NFL should do, and I'm not sure they can, but I would like to see home city bubbles created. So every, every team's required to create a bubble. And then you play the season and you go from bubble to bubble to bubble on all the home, t home cities 
Uh, and then for your off week, some sort of regulation if possible. And if not, maybe you just, everybody stays in the home bubble with their family uh, when they get home and the family has to be tested. So I'd like to see the NFL use that system and go off. I think college is a nightmare. I, I just, I don't know how they're going to protect these kids. And here's the thing. Most of the kids, they're going to get it in, in, in that team and at school, and they're not going to be affected by it. But all it takes is right. one kid who has asthma that ends up dying. And you, you know how liability is and the care and duty that the school has to provide to a college player, let alone a college student. What a nightmare. So, you know, hopefully you'll be announcing on the NFL side. I'm uh, a, a little bit scared for the college side. Just knowing what I have to go through for my own kids as students, I couldn't imagine being a student athlete. Absolutely. And, and when you look at uh, the Pac-12 student athletes just came out recently and said, hey, they're trying to get us to sign waivers that we don't even understand the language and we can't afford lawyers. We, you know, we can hardly afford meals. I know they make a little bit more money than I, when I was in school, but, you know, they can't afford lawyers. They don't have access to lawyers. So they're that, getting that's why when you were in college, th th that exact same system was used. It's why you when you were in college, you couldn't market yourself because early right. on they'd have you sign a waiver and nobody knew what the heck they were signing. And you were signing all your IP and license and image and brand everything away for nothing for a scholarship i know it and you know what i had one scholarship to the university of louisville and i i ended up making it to the nfl left with a degree wouldn't trade that experience for anything and for me it was probably worth it there's a lot of guys that don't make it to the nfl that had some marketing uh potential while they were in college could have you know made a deal with a car dealership, actually drove a car, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah. I feel a little more sorry for those guys. Um, and that's a debate. Uh, we'll <laughs> leave that for my boy, Doug Gottlieb. I feel like him and Jay <laughs> yeah. Billis and all them are fighting that battle every single day. So I'll, I'll let them handle that. But, but you're exactly right. The liability of college sports, these aren't grown men um, in a sense that they're not going to be able to make the decisions for themselves because they're under the institution of the college. Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting to me um, what they're doing with the conferences now. Now you can kind of take the liability off of the NCAA, but, but still, it's, it's going to be a mess. I know they're starting up training camps here very soon, so it'll be very interesting on that end. To me, the way you look at the NFL, and as big as those TV contracts are, um, I haven't been involved with the NFLPA in a number of years, but I remember in the meetings in 2017, it was a, operating on a $9 billion revenue structure. $7 billion was coming from TV contracts. I, I can only imagine it's more now. Yeah. So you're going after that TV contract, and it doesn't matter if Drew Brees misses the game. It doesn't matter if Aaron Rodgers misses the game. If you put a product on the field, you get your check. And I know that they, I'm sure they have some type of insurance. I don't know that global pandemic was on it, but uh, I'm sure they insured those. Uh, TV contracts in some extent, but they want to put a product on the field and they'll roll out with the guys uh, that are going to be on there. I just had Marquise Goodwin on the podcast and he talked about his decision to opt out. And, you know, he's got a, a newborn at home and they lost three children to late trimester miscarriages. And he said, you know, I have my miracle baby at home. And, and to me at this point in my life, I can't, I can't do it right now. And, and I respect that. And, and I think I probably would have been under the guys going back there, especially when you look at, and I know I'm kind of going back and forth, but if you look at colleges yeah. and, and I don't want to be naive to the fact that this is a very dangerous virus and there's going to be listeners that have lost loved ones 
and you know, my mom, my stepdad, my dad, they're, they're vulnerable and, and I do not want them to get it. But we're assuming that these college kids are going to be sitting in their house back home. You know, a lot of them don't come from great environments. They have a lot of people living in the house. They're going to be out and about and you put them in a college where they have unbelievable nutrition. They're constantly tested. They're in essentially a bubble there. I feel like that's a safer environment, at least to be back in training and let's see where this all goes. But um, for being good friends with a lot of people that work in college athletics, I know they care a lot about the kids and they're not bringing them back thinking this is going to be riskier for them than being at home. Oh yeah. I don't think it's more uh, riskier than I think the liability is the biggest issue. And then two, right. It just takes, look, 18 year olds do dumb things. Right. I, I, I have my own, I always say to my wife, I'm like, my kids are extremely good kids. What do people do when they have bad kids? Right. This is, it, it, they just don't get everything. So all it takes is one player that goes to a, you know, fraternity or a house party. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he comes back into the bubble. <laughs> right. That's always the fear. So, you know, it's one thing when you're making millions of dollars playing for the NBA and you got a Disney watch that does everything for you. It's another thing when you're sitting at, you know, USC and everyone else is having a great time and you're like, oh, what's it going to hurt? I'm going to be fine. (laughs) Right. And then you're slow dancing with some girl and uh, get a little bit too close. And next thing you're back into the locker rooms and the showers and the sweating on each other, you know, and boom. 32 guys get it. <laughs> yeah, and that's where um, they need a ton of testing to prevent an yeah. outbreak like that. And there's a lot of schools that can't afford it. You and know, and that's, the testing is not 100%, right? So yeah, when you, t- you test the kid, and if they do a rapid test, and he, he has it anyway. Oh, there's so many issues. It's the most complex thing that's ever occurred in my lifetime. lifetime. I've never seen something that has so many multivariables and so many multi-effects. And so right. to that point, advice-wise, we'll bring this thing all the way back, E. So when, when things are, are changing that fast, I call it compressed times of uncertainty. You've never had so many multivariables that aren't stable. What you want to do is focus in on what you can control. So what's so important right now, especially, just like I tell guys when they're transferring from the league into the profession, is only look at what you can control. Look at mm-hmm. your mindset. Right? You can control your mindset. You can control your heart set, right? your desire. You can control your capabilities, your skills. You can keep developing your skills. You don't have to worry and worry about you know, this ego. There's so much fear, anxiety, frustration. You start wasting and interfering, as you know, just like in a game. Right. I, I was a defensive back. And the, the good part about it is I got a really short memory. Made me a good because I got toasted a lot. So, <laughs> but at least I get right back into the game. Right? right. And I had a great college football coach. He's from Indiana and he was the head coach at Occidental. And he, uh, he used to say, just keep playing. Because my freshman year, I, I was one of those kids way up, way down. Way, that's what you're going to do to yourself professionally if you don't focus in on what you have control of. Absolutely. That's phenomenal. That, one of my biggest things that I needed to improve on throughout my career was not taking the highs and lows so extreme throughout a game. You know, I can always bounce back after a game, but it was during the game where I would yeah. get so hot. And, you know, when you're the center and you're in the pivot, you have to be so composed. Everything's running around you. Well, when you come to the sideline and throw your helmet against the bench, that sends messages to the other teammates. You're 
way too hot to be able to compose yourself. And it took me a while in my career to realize, A, everyone gets paid in the NFL. So they get paid to do their job too, Eric. Like you're not going to play a perfect game. And also that it's going to be all right. You're not going to lose your job the next morning. And what a blessing it is to play in the NFL. And it took some gratitude practices in the morning to really get me to a point where I just walked in the building appreciative to be there every day as opposed to, okay, here's the pressure, you know, earn it every day. Man, I was a first-round draft pick. Oh, I just got hurt again. Am I a bust? This and that. Like, hey, let's just enjoy the moment. But honestly, I wish it, I could say it took me like two years. It took me six years before I remember ever driving to the stadium in the morning. I would always drive in when it was still dark out, and the, the Bills stadium lights, our facilities right next to the stadium, I could see the lights. And every day I would say, Lord, thank you that I get to come to work here today. Not I have to come to work. I get to come to work. I may be sore, but I get to walk in the Buffalo Bills facility. How cool is that? I worked my whole life for this. Had one scholarship offer. I didn't start on my high school football team as a junior, and I get to walk in this building. How lucky is that? Speaking of a morning gratitude um, deal in the morning, what's your personal morning routine? Yeah, so I have two routines just to help everyone because I think only having one routine denies the reality of life that circumstances happen, right? Friends come over. So what I do, my normal routine is wake up at 4 a.m., meditate for 20 minutes, 10 minutes to get ready, work out for a minimum of an hour, come home, do a research. I call it being a student for an hour. I pay attention to and give attention to the things that I want in my life every single day. So I research interviews, books, movies. I interview, uh, do research on my calendar, what I have planned, what I don't have planned, my sleep for the next day. Uh, but then 6.30 to 7.30 is family time. Everything's off except for family. I start doing executive coaching from 7.30 to 8.15. Then I execute at 8.15 on being a student in my calendar. So I'm executing the best that I can with a lens of productivity, how va much value I can provide, a lens of accessibility, how accessible am I to others, and how am I accessing what I want? Very important. How am I going to receive? Most people are afraid to ask. Most people don't like to receive. I learned to after 40-some years. And then also a lens of gratitude. The lens of gratitude says to me that whole, I get to do this, I find the light, I find the love, I find the lessons in everything I do. Pain to me is an indicator that I have a lesson to learn. Hey, got to change direction. There's a better direction to go in, just like a turn signal. You got to change. So I use those lenses till about 4.45. Then I have coaching calls till 5.30 p.m. 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. is family time again. 7.30 to 9 is research time again, student time. Then I have an unwinding routine at 9 that will unwind me. I have very, very strict guidelines to make sure that I sleep soundly. So I'll either pass out from 9.05, latest 11. I gotta be, I gotta be deep asleep by 11 in order to wake up at four rested the next day. Uh, and then adaptive routines, real easy, real quick. It's all value-based. So let's say you got a basket party. Let's say family's in town. Let's say you, know, you stayed up too late. You're, you're off of your routine. So now, Instead of getting nothing done because you're, you just have one routine and you're, you're very strict to it, have an adaptable routine. Mine is this. I start off and say, no matter what, I'm going to get a minimum of an hour a day on my health. No matter what. I don't care if my kids want to play with me. That ain't happening. My routine's upside down. I'm going to take care of myself first because if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of anybody. I want to be here for a long time. Secondly, minimum of 30 minutes with my wife, minimum of 30 minutes with my 10-year-old son, 
minimum of two minutes a day with my three teenage daughters. I asked for five. They gave me two. Uh, and best advice of the whole podcast is coming right now. I give a minimum of one minute a day for my mom. And all I tell her every day, change my relationship, just one minute minimum. I tell her I'm happy. I tell her I'm healthy. I tell her I love her. And I tell her I appreciate her. Because as wow. a parent of four, as a, a child of six, right, one of six kids, I learned that there's really only four things between the parent and the child relationship or anyone that's intimate to you. As long as they know you're happy, healthy, you love them and appreciate them, they don't care about anything else you do. They'll pretend to so that you love them and appreciate them and, and they think it'll make you happy and healthy. But a lot of times we do what those people want us to do and it makes us miserable and sick. And then we don't, we resent them. Right? So that goes all the way back to the beginning in time. And so the minimum of a minute a day with my mom has changed my life. And then lastly, I spend a minimum of 10 minutes a day studying my calendar. So if everything's turned upside down, I'm not on that anal retentive OCD routine that I've created back from playing sports. Then I go to 10 minutes of planning on my day, what I have planned, what I don't have planned in my sleep, just so I get right back onto a regimented schedule the next day when my idiot college friends aren't in town or whatever else disrupts my routine. Man, there's a lot that I can personally learn from that because, you know, my perfect day starts with reading some form of meditation or breath work, some form of exercise. You know, I have all these, you know, components that I like to get into my perfect morning. And it's funny, the days that creep up with some anxiety midday are the days I don't have my schedule managed. So, oh crap, was I supposed to be somewhere? Oh, I should have been way more productive. Oh man, I haven't even paid attention to less or the kids at all. And those are the days that I catch anxiety. And, and I, there's a lot I can learn from that. Just one uh, quick question on, on yours. You have it so regimented, it requires so much focus and energy from you. How do you fuel yourself? What's your diet generally look like? Yeah, so you know, in that health routine, I have to, to prepare for the diet, right? So for me, I'm more portion control because I naturally like healthy foods. So for me, it's, por it's portion. So like I have to, I take a, uh, you'll like this, I take half time on all my meals because I grew up poor five, you know, five boys, one girl, I learned to eat fast because my mom's good cook. If there's like something I like better than the other. So I'm a yeah. eat fast guy. So as I got older, it really, you know, I eat vegetables. I, I'm very good. I, I don't like sweets. So it was all portion control. So if I take a half time to my meal, I don't really go back and finish because I have to take a 10 minute half time. <laughs> that's another thing i'm gonna i should need to implement too because i'm a fast that's eater really well. helped me and then i plan i plan my meals so i won't go into a day that student in the calendar part of planning what i have planned don't have planned in my sleep is okay here's where i'm gonna go eat either in or out and i'm i'm actually already planning okay string beans you know like and so it's just well planned now i want to warn people it sounds very ocd but once you get into the routine, it's inherent in your quantum. It's, it's not at all. It's when I get off of a routine that it becomes OCD that, you know, I have to plan. I obsess on it, right? Everything has exceptions. I have very good energy with it now. And I, you know, do a cheat when I make a mistake. I don't beat myself up and say, no, no, no. I have to eat this because I planned this. It's like, this is what I'm going to try to do. And 
throughout and I do it seven days. So throughout it, I end up, you know, in much better shape than I was. Yeah. When you listen to David's podcast and watch his content, you watch all that he's doing. The most successful people are wired like David, you know, it, it's been a, a, a experimental for me getting to this point where, you know, like a day like today where I have a couple podcasts and I have a couple other things going. When I first got out of the league, you know, I was used to working 12 hour days, but I wasn't used to managing them. I wasn't. And so I'd be so overwhelmed with calendar and whatnot. And that's why some admin help. And there's been some other things that I've implemented in my life to, to try and alleviate that, but just getting on a schedule and a routine. And it's funny when you break that, that's when it does, uh, it, it messes you up. If you're, if you're wired like that, and if you're not wired like that, take a period of your life and just try it out. And, and not maybe to the extent where you block off every, you know, hour or 15 minutes or whatever it may be. You know, I, I heard one thing about Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Bills, who is literally the most consistent person I've ever met in my life. And I said that before I knew this, he, he, read, he writes out his schedule in 15 minute increments throughout the entire day. And some of it is simply quiet time or family time. I gotta get shot on my podcast because anybody that's known as the most consistent person in the world, I need on my podcast because I need to ask him questions. That's amazing. Yeah, he's phenomenal. And I, and Let I'll me make give you my best piece of advice with, with schedule, though, for everybody. And it's one that you wouldn't think of. I have a rule called do it now. And it's not Nike's rule. Do it now is my rule. And it comes from statistics. So first of all, the, my belief in statistics is 99%. The only statistic I thought to be true, 99% of all statistics are made up. So then I started playing golf. And I realized that there was one statistic true, right? 100% of all short putts don't go in. Right. That's proven. Well, this is better than both of those combined. 100% of the things you do now get done, period. And the difference between self-actualizing people and those who don't get what they want in life, people that self-actualize, that are successful, passionate, purposeful, and profitable, get things done. People that don't get things done, they end up in the void shortages and obstacles category. So I'm telling you, if you don't want to do a calendar at all, if you just come up with a question that says this, oh, can I do this now? And you do it. If you can't, go ahead and put it off on a list or in a calendar somewhere else. But I'm telling you, like Andy Frisella, one of my friends, you know, billionaire, he literally lists out five things a day just to make sure he gets those five things done. Then he sees everything else as the bonus round, the cherry on top. He doesn't really care. But as long as he takes the five most important things and gets those done every day, he exponentially is more successful than most people on earth. Excellent, excellent advice. I'm going to ask you a few of the recurring questions I ask my guests. These are very fun to make blogs out of and um, compare them to others. What's your favorite book besides the ones you have written? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. What role does your faith play in your life? Oh, in every part of my life. I am a, a om, omni-religious an omni-religious faith person. I believe that you, that you have to blend the pragmatic, all pragmatic things in your life with faith. And faith is the most powerful, powerful currency ever created. It's an object of energy that you put into the flow to get what you want. I've never heard it put like that, but um, I knew you'd have a great answer for that. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite restaurant? Uh, Mastro's Ocean Club. Not only Tillman Fertitta wrote the forward to my book, but I love his Landry's restaurant, Mastro's Ocean in Newport Beach. 
Yeah, the first I was training for the combine out in uh, Laguna, and me and my wife, my girlfriend at the time, go up there. We're wearing flip flops. I have shorts on. I walked in the door, and I said, "We probably should go to Javier's next door." <laughs> but I did take I did take her back there. Uh, we just both good restaurants, night. though. Both good restaurants. Absolutely. What was your first car? <laughs> Dots. You've got people don't even know what this is, but a Datsun B two ten borrowed uh, from my uh, mom. I'm going to have to look that one up. Your face when I ask that question is that's why I ask that question because it brings you back to a, a yeah. moment that everybody loves. Like when they're 16 and get, they get that first car, however bold you were. Uh, I mean, this is going to rack your brain, but who's the most famous person in your phone? Oh, God. You know, I'm, that's the wrong question to ask me because I, I literally I, – oh, my gosh. The most famous person – like overall famous person uh, – Woo, Oprah Winfrey. You win. You yeah. win. I'm looking for a president. I was like, I wanted to say Obama, but I don't have his number. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm blessed. Uh, my phone is loaded. I always joke around. I could give my phone to people and all the numbers, but my people, my phone are so famous. They're not going to answer them anyway. So you can, you can have Troy Aikman's number. I don't care. He's not going to answer. They're going to like, what are you calling me for? <laughs> right. That's hilarious. And, uh, and, and it's funny because uh, for those out there that don't know David, that would seem facetious to most. David meets these people because he adds value to their lives. You know what I mean? It's not like David reached out to them and said, hey, I need something from you. He provides value to them and builds relationships. And it's something um, I've observed and I'm from old, afar. I'm old and I collected everybody's name and numbers. I did the old school business cards. Warren Moon, my business partner, I both were trained by Lee Steinberg. We, and I was a sales guy at first. So I've collected, I have stacks of cards just in case my phone goes down. I have all these business cards. That's funny. What was your first job? Uh, so <laughs> I sold educational systems at night i was in high school i lied about my age and they would buy leads from uh, uh pregnant ladies that they buy leads these ladies that were pregnant and you go into the homes of newlyweds and you sell them a, li a lifetime education it was encyclopedias you books to read you the when you're pregnant and you finance it out to 45 dollars literally for 18 years 45 dollars a month for 18 years and so i get two appointments a night five days a week and I was making more money than my mom, who's a teacher, and I was 17. Wow. That's fascinating. <laughs> uh, last one. What's your favorite movie? Oh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Man, which is a lot of play here. Bump, close to Rocky and Rudy. I had to name them all, but Shawshank Redemption, the best second place movie at the Academy Awards ever created. I did not realize that. Learned something new every day. Learned a ton here today from you, though. David, I can't thank you enough for joining the show. Uh, the impact that you'll have on my listeners and have had on me is phenomenal. Everybody follow David. What are all your platforms? Um, list them off really Number quick. one, please join me every Friday or watch the replay. So at David Meltzer, you can DM me. I give my email to everyone, david at dmeltzer.com. dmeltzer.com is my website. David Meltzer on all platforms, David Meltzer. And I have a text number. You can text me, 949-298-2905. My text community gets all of everything. 949-298-2905. I do pitch competitions, a two-minute drill. So if everybody's trying to raise money, come join me. We have a great TV show for you as well. That's awesome. Thanks again, David. Thank you, Eric. Take care. That was awesome.
Rain MD is Dr. Amen's supplement line, who is a former podcast guest of mine. Dr. Amen is regarded as one of the top, if not the top brain experts in the entire world, and I've been taking his supplements for a little over a year now and have never felt better. I wish I had these while I was playing. I recommend the Eric Wood Bundle to all current and former contact sport athletes at any level, as well as anyone out there looking to support their brain and increase brain function. The supplements I take daily are Brain and Body Power Max, Neuro C, Vitamin D3, and Brain Curcumins. For more info on each of these supplements, check out my post on Instagram and I explain them all. My handle is ewood70. Go to brainmd.com and use code ericwood, one word, to get 5% off your order. Thank you for listening to What's Next with Eric Wood. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please rate it five stars and subscribe. That goes a long way for us with this podcast. Tune in in a couple weeks for another new episode.